It's the Plant Kind of Fitness Podcast with Kyle Denback. I'm David Schellenberg. Hello, Kyle. Hey, Dick. So what do you want to talk about today? Uh, well, I thought today we'd talk a little bit about staying fit during the COVID-19 social isolation thing that's happening right now. Well, staying fit's important anytime. And I guess now it's just the, the rules. Have the rules changed in staying fit? They haven't, but it seems like the, the confusion as to what to do uh, is the same, the same as ever. Um, and, uh, it's kind of interesting because there's a lot of people offering workout advice and fitness advice, which is, which is awesome. And I I feel like more and more people are interested in training now because they have the time. So a lot of people are going to come out of this COVID thing with a routine, uh, and their fitness is going to be greatly improved. Oh, there's no alcoholics. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Well, I, I heard about that too. Apparently the, uh, the sales of alcohol are through the roof. (laughs) 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 <laughs> and we're lucky to have some local breweries uh, <laughs> yes, yes, that deliver exactly. for free. So uh, I might be in the same boat. <laughs> uh, but, you know, look, there has not been a reduction in what's no. available. So, you know, the question as to what should I be doing still remains the same. Um, and, I, and I think the important thing for people to think about now is, is this a workout? That is great. Nothing wrong with a workout. Here and right. there, just pick up something random and, and do it. Challenge yourself, or is this a plan? Um, and the difference okay. between a workout and a plan: a workout is you're going to burn some calories, you're going to sweat, and it's a one-off thing. Uh, and a plan is, hey, this is my goal. Could be weight loss, could be strength, it could be athletic performance. And the plan is tailored and it builds progressively over time to help you reach that goal. And and I think one of the interesting challenges at the moment is. There are no shortage of basic things you can do, which is go for a walk. But when you look at a plan, it seems like almost all of a sudden there's almost too many plans. Exactly. So it comes down to how do you make choices based on what your individual needs uh, needs are. Um, right. The other thing is you have to realize too is that many people are kind of limited from equipment. And I, and I think this, I think this is where a lot of the sort of MacGyver workouts come in. You know, you see people with like water jugs trying to do like <laughs> clean and clean and presses and you know, things like that. Uh, you know, and realizing, okay, maybe maybe we shouldn't be MacGyvering things <laughs> to that no, degree. No, I mean, but something heavy <laughs> is something heavy, isn't it? Isn't it the basic of any workout? Is you pick up something heavy and put it down and do that uh, ten more times? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I'll give you. I'll give you that. Um, <laughs> but it, it, you know, it all depends on the object as well. You know, like let's say, you know, let's say you're used to training with um, like a kettlebell or a barbell. It's going to behave completely differently in your hands than, than a water jug. Um, right. And the, look, the water jug isn't really the problem. All I'm saying is that if we lack tools, let's look at what we actually what we actually have. So I mean, mm. a lot of people have kettlebells. So a lot of my clients that I'm training now, you know, we may have been using barbells or we may have been using double kettlebells or things that they don't necessarily have. But if they have a single kettlebell, I say, okay, we've got this. It's familiar mm-hmm. enough. Let's just readjust the sails and sort of continue our trajectory rather than you know, lifting the cat or the dog or, or do you just try to like MacGyver <laughs> or something uh, because it, it, it might not help us reach the exact same goal. And right. uh, it might actually do more harm than good. I mean, okay. you probably could get a good workout with water jugs. I'm just saying there's probably a level of stability required that you're not necessarily going to learn on the fly uh, and right. get a great, great session out of. So um, some people have no equipment whatsoever. Um, in that case, you know, the next logical step is body weight training. 
And bodyweight training is as old as the hills. Like. Bodyweight training is old as the hills and it's fantastic. Um, but a lot of people, when they think of bodyweight training, they're thinking of the high repetition uh, kind of pump style workouts. So, you know, do a hundred air squats, do 40 push-ups, do, you know, a hundred jumping jacks. And again, yeah, there's nothing burpees. wrong with that, but it serves a specific purpose. You know, that, that is kind of a conditioning workout. Uh, it's a bit more cardiovascular focused. Um, where a lot of people struggle with is, is how do I build strength using body weight training? Right. So, so the body can, weight by just, just to go back a step. So a, a cardiovascular workout is what you do to lose weight and to stay toned. It's not what you do to sort of bulk up. Well, you know, or, or use it for conditioning. So let's say you're a hockey player. Okay. You, you need to be able to deal with high amounts of lactic acid, uh, right. you know, to be out on the ice for 45 seconds to, you can tell I don't play hockey, but it's a short burst. No, 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 but I just want to define conditioning for, for <laughs> people who don't know what the word really means. Yeah. So conditioning is specific. So if you, if you're an NHL player, you need to be able to deal with high amounts of lactic acid. This is where like 45 seconds of burpees, you know, 30 seconds rest, you know, 40 push ups, 30 seconds rest, that kind of training is very beneficial right. for that. Cause it's dealing, uh, it's teaching your body how to deal with that lactic acid buildup. Uh, if you're a marathon runner, well, that's not so helpful because you need to condition yourself to do, uh, high high volume of low grade aerobic activity that lasts for a really long time right sure. so so you know your your condition needs to be go on a long run right. <laughs> or uh, or if you're in the military if you're infantry then you probably need to put on 50 pounds of gear and walk for three hours you know right. so <laughs> the conditioning is uh specific to to the individual so but the kind of workouts that are popular now might not be serving uh, the goal that you're, you're going for. So 100 air squats, nothing wrong with that workout. But you're right. Mo most people would probably get more benefit from just going on a long walk. Mm. You, get, you probably burn more calories just going and walking for a few hours. Uh, you're less likely to hurt yourself. And it's probably more enjoyable uh, than doing, you know, 100 air squats. Again, mm. nothing wrong with those muscular endurance workouts. Um, but, the, you know, for most people, what they need is strength. So they need to find bodyweight exercises that are challenging enough that they can only do, you know, less than eight reps. Okay. So let's say, you know, so less than eight reps. Well, I could do a hundred bodyweight squats, right? No problem. So what am I going to do? Well, you probably have to find a single leg variation. So um, maybe a Bulgarian split squat where you've got your back leg raised on the couch, right? right. So you're taking one leg out and you really loaded one leg up. Uh, okay, maybe you can do 15 of those. Okay, maybe we need to, maybe you can add some weight. Maybe you can pick up some shopping bags, make it challenging enough that, you know, eight, eight reps or less uh, is difficult. Um, sure, but right? I think for, for most of us, we're not hockey players and we don't want to be hockey players. So when you talk about conditioning, the, the conditioning, I think, especially in this sort of weird era, is just being as healthy as possible. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I think most people, uh, unless you're training for something specific for most people, we want to train it on two ends of the spectrum. Okay. On one end is the kind of really low grade, gentle, long activities like walking, or if you're pretty fit, you know, easy jogging or easy cycling, you know, for 45 minutes to an hour, mm -hmm. that should make a good portion of our, of our daily exercise. And only good things come out of that. Only good things come out of that long, gentle exercise, right? Sure. Most people don't get hurt doing that. 
Um, it's very healthy, builds your cardiovascular system, actually increases your capacity to work at higher intensities, right? Uh, but it doesn't take that much out of you and it's kind of enjoyable. So most right. of us probably during this time should be getting out for some walks. And if you want to ramp it up a little bit, you know, wear a backpack, go rucking, yeah. throw, throw a 25 pound weight in the bag and, right. and go on a, a long hike that way. Or a water then, jug. Yeah. So that's the, yeah, or a water jug, I guess. Uh, so that's one end of the intensity spectrum, which is, you know, is kind of good, healthy cardiovascular activity for everybody. And then on the other end, you, you want to work on strength. Mm -hmm. Right. So strength means it needs to be challenging enough that you can only do, you know, a few repetitions. You know, if you can do like if you can do 40 push-ups, then you need to find a, a push-up that's more difficult. Right? <laughs> so, you, <laughs> so, you know, so this is where, you know, again, a lot of the kind of workouts that are coming out are like, OK, great. You adjust your body weight, do 40 push-ups. And again, nothing wrong with that. And it serves a purpose, muscular endurance. But muscular endurance is it's built on top of muscular strength. Okay. If this makes sense. So let's say, let's say you build yourself up to do 40 pushups and you stop being able to do any more. Right. So let's say, okay, I, I can do 40, but for some reason I can't break that plateau. The problem is, is that you're not strong enough. Your okay. baseline strength. So that your, your ability to do lots of pushups is based on how strong you are. Uh, okay. Then you build the endurance on top of it. So at some point you're going to plateau and the only way to get more, is to go back and build strength. So that means, you know, maybe doing some bench press if you have equipment, you know, that mm. you can only do a few reps, you build the strength up, or you do a variation of a one-arm push-up or a weighted push-up. Um, you build those strength levels up, and then later, you can, if you really care about doing, you know, 50 push-ups, and again, there's not much reason to do that, that high repetition stuff, um, but if that's a goal of yours or you have to do it for some kind of testing, like military testing, um, then you layer it on top of the strength. But mm -hmm. most people, most of the time, need to work on strength and they need to work on that, just that basic cardiovascular long range endurance. So those are the two variables, or the two ends of the spectrum most people should spend their time uh, focusing and, on. But yet that could be so different. If you're a 25-year-old woman or a 55-year-old man, you, you've got a very different thing you're looking for. It, well, you know, so for the 45-year-old woman, it might be doing push-ups off the wall. You know, she may only be able to do five repetitions off the wall. Right. Whereas, like, you know, uh, a 20-year-old, like, calisthenics <laughs> expert might be able to do, like, a one-arm, one-leg push-up for for five reps, you know, so it has to be tailored uh, to the individual, but the, the intensity has to be uh, relatively the same uh, yeah. in order to improve that, that strength level. Um, so when people are looking at these programs that they're seeing online, they need to say, okay, well, what is this program serving? Is this strength or is this muscular endurance? What are my specific goals and what should I be focusing on? Mm -hmm. uh, so again, for the majority of the population, strength is just useful. You know, when you improve your strength, it's the kind of thing where you're like, Hey, it used to be difficult for me to do this. Now it's easy. Right. <laughs> that's a, that's a really good feeling to have. Like if you, you know, if you're taking the garbage out and you're like, wow, I used to struggle to do this and now it's easy. Like yeah. that means your training is helping you. <laughs> it means it's functionally benefiting you rather than just burning calories because there's so much more to training than just burning calories. Yeah. Uh, again, if you just want to burn calories, go for a walk. 
right? right. We're, training, we're training to improve the capacity of the body to, uh, to maintain its alignment, right? And, and be strong in different positions and in different capacities. Um, now, I have heard already a couple of stories of uh, friends who have been trying some of these workouts that they found online and then complain the next day that they are super sore because they pushed themselves too far. Yeah. Well, so that's a really good point as well. Um, so the first thing I'll bring up this is really important is that how sore you are after a workout is not an indicator of how effective the workout was. Okay. Um, you know, if you do something new, you're invariably going to be sore. Um, what we hope happens over an adaptation period is that you're no longer sore <laughs> doing that, doing that work. Okay. But if you overwork, you're definitely going to be sore. And of course you can design a workout to make somebody sore. So again, if I make you do 500 air squats, I don't care who you are. You're going to be, you're going to be sore. That doesn't mean you're benefiting from the workout. Um, and as we just talked about, if the resistance is really low, well, you're not getting stronger. So <laughs> you know, right, that right. Didn't, that, you're just that getting didn't really sore. Yeah. So, so if I'm a trainer who wants you to think you're getting a good workout, I'll just make you sore. Right. <laughs> you know, uh, but are we actually benefiting you? And that's the question um, that you that you have to ask. So yeah, a lot of people are going to be sore during these workouts. A because they're they're new, they haven't mm -hmm. done it. Their body hasn't been exposed to that stress, hasn't adapted to it yet. But two, a lot of them are based on these high rep, um, you know, what we call glycolytic or you know a lot of lactic acid in the body style of training. Um, and you always get the perception that you did something after you do one of those workouts. You're like, I did something. Yes. <laughs> this must have been good. I'm a man. Yeah. yeah. But for me, um, you know, the, the best workouts are ones that are repeatable. Mm. Okay. Ones that are repeatable and you can build on over time because what gives you results in training is not working hard once and then you know, scaring yourself from working again because you beat yourself up. The best right. workouts are done consistently and repeatedly over time. So let's say today I do three sets of three push-ups. Let's say they're challenging push-ups. Okay. Mm. Maybe next week I'm doing three sets of four, two sets of five. You know, these, uh, I'm talking about pretty low numbers here. A lot of people will think about <laughs> what I'm saying. So wow, that sounds really easy, but, um, you know, you're building your capacity over time and, and you're not just trying to, you, you can't, you can't build Rome in a day. Right. <laughs> it, it really is about uh, following a trajectory and you have to kind of fight boredom. You know, if right. you want your workouts to be different all the time, you're not going to see any progress. It'd be like trying to learn a language, but changing the language every session, <laughs> every practice, you'll, you won't learn anything. But are you supposed to do something slightly different every day? They, you know, the classic leg day sort of, idea that if you've got to well, mix it up on a daily basis so it always comes down to what your goal is what your goal is so the people who need a leg day are people who are training for aesthetics so bodybuilders will have a leg day and they'll do like right. 40 different leg exercises and they're thinking of the body as like frankenstein's monster like, okay, how am I going to get my quads to pop out of my jeans a little more how am I going to get my glutes right. you know so they're thinking of the body as pieces um, in, in functional training, we don't think about the body as separate parts. We think about movements, right? So we, and we think about fundamental human movements. So I don't think about quads and glutes. I think about squats and deadlifts. <laughs> you know, I don't okay. think about pecs and triceps. I think about pushing. Uh, and I don't think about lats and traps. I think about pulling. Uh, 
And we think about, okay, how do we, how do we improve your capacity for these various fundamental human movements? Um, so it all depends. Like if your, if your goal is to, uh, go on stage as a bodybuilder, you probably need a leg day. Uh, mm-hmm. it's probably not, you probably wouldn't be coming to me for training because that's not my, that's not my specialty. Uh, I yeah. try to help people feel better, <laughs> right. you know, yeah, yeah. and, and, uh, maybe that's a bit of a dig on the, you know, a lot of people are into bodybuilding. It's just, you know, I have this attitude as well. And again, now we're getting kind of into kind of philosophically what I think about the human body, but I think that form follows function. I think a really attractive body is one that's capable, mm. you know? So I think of, you know, there's Ronnie Coleman or like one of these, like you think of a classic, well not classic bodybuilder, but one of the modern bodybuilders that's really big and blown out oh, of proportion yeah. versus like the statue of David. In my mind, the statue of David is a lot more beautiful than, you know, a modern day bodybuilder, you know, uh, but it's a much more classical proportions is much more classical looking physique and it's what an athlete looks like right. you know athletes look like david they don't look like ronnie coleman <laughs> I, I know I've, I've been fortunate enough to meet uh we talk about nhl players a ton of nhl players over the years i've been in the locker rooms with nhl players they they don't have apps <laughs> they drink a lot too <laughs> well but i'm just saying but but these are people who, who really 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 work they have you know crazy legs but when you actually yeah see them as individuals you would never guess that they're with some of them that they're professional athletes well in the the very low percentage of body fat required to really see your abs uh, are it's not conducive to performance right so you know an athlete you know probably about 10 percent body fat you know maybe 15 at high end and a bodybuilder you know they get down to like five percent four three and it's really not hormonally very healthy to have your body fat percentage that low and it's not sustainable so even if you see bodybuilders when they're not uh in their stage form they're not going to have the same level of of uh definition that you see when they're they're on the stage Uh, right right because you just can't maintain that so and especially if you're an athlete like definitely not like if you're a three percent body fat you're you're not you're not going to be doing very well uh in in athletic pursuits Right. So to, to sort of wrap this up, getting back to the initial topic of, of isolation workouts, uh, where, do you, where does somebody start? Google or is there a, a, a good resource to you? Oh, oh, in terms of figuring out uh, what you should be doing for your, mm-hmm. for your training. Um, I suggest people keep it really, really simple. Uh, so if you're stuck with nothing but body weight, then um, I would, you know, I would find some variation of the push up that is going to challenge you. Um, focus more on your technique than how many you do, um, but you know, try to find a variation where you can only do eight, okay? If you can do eight, uh, so it could be a, a, a one-arm push-up uh, or a, a one-arm push-up, obviously most people can't do it. You can try elevating yourself, uh, so you, you push up maybe off a couch mm-hmm. uh, or something stable. Um, Honestly, the best source, honestly, uh, is uh, Pavel Tetsuin's uh, Naked Warrior, uh, which talks about uh, the pistol squat and the one-arm push-up and progressions and regressions uh, based on that. Um, And it's only two moves, really. Um, Really? Yeah, make the basis of your training two major strength moves and then some accessory things. So you might want to work on your core stability. So things like planks and dead bugs uh, in between. and you know that, that if I had nothing, if I didn't even have a pull-up bar, 
<laughs> that's probably what my program would be. Pistol Great. squats or one-legged squat of some kind and push-up. Uh, if you have a kettlebell, well, then your options open right up. You know, I make sure I'm hitting all the major movements. I'd be doing some form of uh, squat, push, pull, hinge, carry, press. Um, and again, there's lots of resources online. But, you know, keep it simple. You know, right now, kettlebell flows are all the rage. So it looks like uh, people are dancing with the kettlebells. And the thing is, the kettlebell is really light. So it's a form of muscular endurance or conditioning workout again. But if you're trying to build strength, you're going to have to dumb it down. And it might not look cool on Instagram. <laughs> uh, but you know you're going to keep it simple and basic you know kettlebell one-arm presses uh goblet squats um you know swings are great for for power you know you focus yeah. on good hard explosive swings uh rows any kind of pulling with the kettlebell uh and then carries so you could do a suitcase carry where you hold the kettlebell in one hand you just try to maintain your posture go for a walk Mm -hmm. um, you know, a steady diet of these things will build a very strong and resilient uh, and lean physique over time. Um, again, you're not going to kind of win any new followers <laughs> posting those <laughs> workouts, but um, but they're what they're what work. You know, you're going to make a nice solid foundation uh, of training with those. Lots of great advice there from Kyle Denback. Thank you, Kyle. You're very welcome. This has been the Plant Kind Fitness Podcast. I'm David Schellenberg. Thanks for listening.